Hello and welcome to another episode of a Brothers Creed podcast. We're talking about motivation, experiences, and exploring the world around us. We're the Thomas Brothers. I'm Ethan. And I'm Jared. And today we have a very interesting guest on, uh, Kyle Carnahan. And he is a uh, interesting guy. He's a elite transformation coach. Uh, he tells us about his story, he, how he was working in finance, he had a, a wife and kids, uh, and how through that job loss, he kind of changed his life up. He became a fireman, he became a paramedic, uh, and then he started coaching men. Uh, he, he walks us through all the details of the story, but it's interesting how uh, he started kind of a movement that's called the Superhuman Fathers Movement. And he's pretty intense, uh, but it's in a, in a great way. Uh, it's very motivational. He challenges you. He challenges Ethan during the podcast, uh, uh, you know, to be better or, you know, to choose choose this day whom you will serve, if you will. <laughs> yeah, he asked me. He's intense, and, and I loved it. Uh, you know, but yeah, he asked me, what is something that you need to stop right now and something that you need to start right now? And uh, you have to listen to the episode to hear yeah. my answer. Oh, yeah. And so it was a, it's a really great episode. And at the end of the episode, uh, he leaves his contact information. Actually, he leaves his cell phone number too. So first time we ever had that happen. So uh, great guy. Uh, look forward to uh, you know talking with him more in the future. Uh, great episode. Uh, you'll be entertained throughout. So uh, thanks for joining us. And let's jump in. All right. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Most valuable commodity I know of is information. And that, my friends, is called integrity. That's called courage. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of. Either you're somebody or you're nobody. You're not the devil. You're practice. All right. Well, welcome, welcome. Kyle uh, Carnahan, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you being on. My pleasure. It's, I, I think it looks like I got a couple dads late at night just making stuff happen. So That's right. You do. Proud. Ethan and I both have four kids, so we're, ah. kids are down and we're, we're grinding here. <laughs> you guys in a race for the fifth? or <laughs> no, no, we're done. I think we're okay with the tie. Honey, we got to beat them. We got to beat them. <laughs> Well, it was funny, too, because it was like, I mean, all of our kids, all four kids are within like three months of each other, each one of them. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, people, it's ask cool. you, people ask you if you're brothers. You guys brothers? <laughs> yeah. We used to get we used to all get growing up and be like, are you twins? Are you twins? We're like, no, we're not. Yeah, exactly. Dude, that's crazy. Some people I, say I, that they can't tell our voices apart. I've heard that, too. Uh, when they listen to the podcast, they said they can't really tell who's who. And you guys probably just morphed together over the years. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It, well, it was funny because uh, in college, Jared got married first. So in college, I actually lived with uh, Jared and his wife. Um, well, I, I wasn't married yet. I was going to school as well. And it was funny because sometimes I would be in the kitchen or something, and I would say something, and, and she was like, think that I was Jared and, and just like by the mannerisms or, or the way we we're standing in the kitchen. And she's like, I had to be really careful. you know. <laughs> Dude, my wife's a twin. And, uh, Oh man. <laughs> when we, when we were first dating, you first married, like, like I'd like accidentally grab her sister's ass. And stuff. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Oh, well, that made my brain go weird too. I was like, that was weird. Get her out of here. Get your sister out of here. Yeah. This is funny, man. I don't want to get in trouble. Not my fault. Not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, my wife's looking at me like, are you doing that on purpose? I'm like, no, I swear, I swear it was an accident. <laughs> nice. Well, Kyle, why don't you, let, maybe let's start off by, uh, I know you've got quite quite the story. Um, uh, and maybe let's start from the beginning. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your story. And then uh, we can pepper you with questions along the way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, like we'll start with the end and and yeah i'm sitting here um leading a massive men's movement um i have almost 500 men that are all committed to being the most disciplined fathers on the planet and that are putting all of their addictions anger 
pain, selfishness on the altar and uh, finding peace and finding connection in a very powerful spiritual way with their wives and showing up different, empowering themselves. You know, as we get older and have kids, we get softer, we get complacent and we get depressed. And, and we, a lot of guys in their forties start getting anxiety and they're just like, where'd this come from? Hmm. And um, we stop fighting. We stop be being that, that kid that was adventurous and that warrior that like we were supposed to become. And so we just bring him back out and, uh, and, and we don't take no for an answer. So when you come join us and you join our coaching, like you will win this game. There's no other option. And I think that's why men gravitate towards it because at this point they trust us. They trust us. They know, Hey, if I know if I do what they tell me, this is going to happen. And now we, we've been so successful that I can actually promise them that, which is very powerful on the front end of a call. When you're talking to a man in pain, I'm like, listen, I got you. We, we got you. We know how this works. So how did that come to be? Man, I don't know, bro. I'm, I'm a skateboarder from Oceanside, North San Diego. Came from a kind of a lower middle-class family. Um, got bullied a lot when I was a kid, kind of like probably normal was not athletic or anything. Didn't play sports. Couldn't do a pull up in eighth grade. Was just found skateboarding, which back then was like, you were a outcast rebel, you know? Yeah. Full rebel, like punk rock, skateboarding, doorbell ditching, pumpkin <laughs> smashing skateboarder. You know, the only thing is I, I never, like all my friends were just high on drugs and trying everything and banging chicks and, I wasn't, I never mm. did that. I was always around it, but I always had an underlying, like, like feeling like I need to stay in control. Like I need to stay disciplined, but I always had this, like, I was always different. I was always the guy that wasn't drinking. I was looking out for everybody that was like getting the trash can from the puke in or like making sure they weren't getting in fights, fights with bums. Like, you know, <laughs> and uh, I was just like, that shit's stupid. I always felt that way. You know, um, it's, it's weird. So I would, but I was an outcast of the outcasts, you know, guys would make fun of me cause I wouldn't drink and like, yeah. I'd have the hottest chicks all over me. And I'd just be like, nah, we're good. I was in a punk band, you know, part of that was I was raised Mormon. Mm -hmm. Um, did you guys almost look Mormon to me too? You guys, <laughs> you guys have Mormon background? Yeah, yes, we do. <laughs> we do have Mormon. It's, it, it, hey, it, hey, it's in our blood, dude. I can just, I can smell it. Is that great? <laughs> no, hey, but then, and then hey, you probably could tell by the number of kids we have, right? <laughs> yeah, the kids, yeah, and like, dude, listen, Mor Mormons are rad people. Uh, like they are. They're just my, they're my people. And then when you leave the church, you start getting this forehead, and your hair falls out, and then you get, <laughs> then you get angry like me. No, um, no, like I, I, like I learned so much from growing up in the church. I went on a mission. I did the whole deal. And then, um, and then I, I was, I was just pulled away. I was pulled away from, from those beliefs. Uh, I, um, how did that happen? Um, a lot of transition in my life. So I got married, had kids, went on a mission, got married, had kids, got married in the temple, like a good Mormon like six months after my mission, like get home. And then you're like, Hey, uh, let's see. Uh, she's cute. Let's get married. <laughs> and you know, her dad was like, you guys are insane. They weren't, they weren't Mormons. So it's like, if you're Mormon, like you get home from your mission, get married. It's normal. It's like, everyone's happy and proud of you. And like, you're doing the right thing. But like your parents aren't Mormon and you're married a 19 year old. It's like, yeah, that's crazy in the real world. That's yeah. insane. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like my father-in-law's like, Hey, stupid, you don't have a job. Like, do you know how much insurance costs? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, bro, yeah, kind of, but figure it out. Yeah. I'm like insurance. What's that? You know? And, and I'm like, yeah, man, God will provide, man. It's all good. And so we got married in the temple and it was, it was beautiful. Uh, and then we had kids and then my wife realized at some point she kind of married an asshole <laughs> and I didn't really know I was one. But I was, and I was lazy, and I was selfish, and uh, I couldn't really take responsibility for 
my actions and I blamed her for the problems in our marriage. And we did that for quite a while. Well, I got into banking and mortgage and investments and I was making money, so it seemed to be okay. And we, we weren't at each other's throats, but she was my servant. You know, I wasn't doing the dishes or helping with the kids or changing diapers. I was bringing home the bacon and then I was doing whatever I wanted. So, so, so retrospectively, I mean, you're looking at this back, you know, hindsight's 2020, you're looking back and you're saying, this is how our relationship was. It was more of a, I was bringing home the bacon. She was the servant. She was, you know, all this sort of kind of stuff. What got you to that aha moment? Or when did you, when did, when did you kind of get to that point? You're like, this is not something needs to change. Yeah. What happens is, is you get kicked in the balls. So 2008 came and I lost my job and I lost my income and I lost my houses and I lost my cars and I lost my 401k and I lost my savings. And so now I'm in this position where I don't have power of the cash anymore. And it's just me and my wife. And now it's like, okay, now what value do you have? So I was exposed and thank God I was, because if I wasn't, let's say everything just went well from there and I, and I made millions and I just leaned on my money. I would be a piece of, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yo, I did good there. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but that's the, the problem. We don't go through hard times. We don't get the rug pulled out from underneath us. Sometimes we never see how we're hurting the people around us and where we can level up. Or sometimes you get complacent with what you're doing and you're like, hey, this isn't that bad. You know, I got a good paycheck, but you know that there's something up, up higher or a higher level that you could be at. But you're like, right now, it's not bad. It's just not great. And you yeah, don't have enough courage to to push through yeah. that. Yeah, that's like when I say, ask guys, like, how's your marriage? And they go, it's good. I go, oh, oh, bro. <laughs> Yikes. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, don't, I, I know where you're at. And they're like, well, no, it's good. I'm like, I know. I get it. Well, that's like a that's like a dangerous spot to be, especially with like work, right? When you don't, it, it it's almost like it would be better if you hated what you did, because then that would be enough motivation to quit and go do something else. But if you you kind of it's not something you hate, it's not something you love. Yeah. So you just I like the golden you know, handcuffs of life. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're you're stuck in the middle here of well, it's not bad enough to quit, but it's not good enough to and to to really thrive and enjoy. Uh, you know, which it would almost be better if the situation was worse so that you would find something else. Be forced to. In some situations, yeah. yeah. Be forced That's, to change. So my force was, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? You, you got, you, you're 28 years old and you got three kids and you don't have a job, dude. So I could go back as like a new accounts banker, but I was like, that'd be going backwards. I was like, I don't go backwards. Like, I've never gone backwards in my life. I don't. So I was like, firefighter. And I was like, really? I was like, I've always wanted to do it. It's like, aren't you too old for that? I was like, I don't know. I talked to everybody and they're like, dude, there's no way. There's so much competition right now. It's it's impossible. And I was like, that sounds right up my alley. Mm-hmm. So if I knew how hard that was going to be with kids and with the fact that I'm actually not built for that like kind of stress <laughs> like naturally like some guys are just good in that like they're they're good under pressure and like I was not naturally good like I would get so nervous and I didn't realize I had that in me so I go I become an EMT and I'm like just moving people from dialysis to dialysis and like I was nervous to move these people onto a gurney because the 21 year old who's on the ambulance with me is like, you know, like, do you even know how to drive? Like, do you know where we're going? That's not how you lift them. Like, like I was, I was getting threatened to get fired on in training. Like I'm a grown ass man. Who's made a lot of money and been very successful. And uh-huh. I've got this kid, um, baby face kid telling me he's going to fire me. <laughs> and I'm just like, what happened to my life, bro? Like, <laughs> That's humbling, humbling for sure. Yeah. I, I, I love, I looked down. I was like a Ken doll. I was like, where's my junk? It's gone. It <laughs> I can see how that could make a person very angry as well. Yeah. yeah. And the good thing is, um, I only had like one breakdown. Like I had, I had one, one moment driving home from work where I knew it had all fallen apart 
and it was just one breakdown for about 20 minutes and then and then it was acceptance and i i attribute a lot of just my life success to the ability to bounce back very quickly and accept my fate and take responsibility kind of always been good at that so mm-hmm. i become a paramedic i go to paramedic school and I'm volunteering as a fireman and I'm going to paramedic school and I'm working as an EMT and I'm going on ride-alongs and I'm never home. It's seven days a week, 24 hours a day. I sleep in different stations. Uh, I, I didn't, I barely saw my family for like probably 18 months and then hmm. got hired as a paramedic. And so then I was working an EMT job, part-time paramedic job, and then doing all the fire education stuff. And it was, um, it was insane. Um, can you hear my kids screaming right now? Uh, no, it's okay. Because <laughs> that didn't make me angry, but I want to go yell at my kids. It adds to the authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are five of them going nuts. And one of them was actually trying to open the door right now. I have it locked. It's just, I could hear it. It's like, <laughs> click, click. <laughs> yeah. Like, get out of here. <laughs> Dad, like, you guys know. Oh, yeah. Working, and, working from home, you're, you're giving an important presentation and your your toddler walks, walks in naked and it's just like, what? That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those YouTube videos are amazing. So uh, anyway, I, be, I, I finally, after three years of torture, I got hired in Colorado at Thornton Fire Department. I took a test on a whim, interviewed, thought I did shitty, and I made the list and they hired me. And oh, it was cool. on my wife's birthday. I was about to quit and be like, I'm going to have to go get a job at a bank or something. I don't know. This isn't, isn't working. And uh, we got the call. He, like, you are a professional fireman. That was a huge day for us. I'm like 30 years old, beat down, and I'm still a nervous Nelly. So I get hired. I go through this academy. They crush me. I get uh, on a on an engine with uh, a bunch of, like, ex-military badass dudes that just beat the crud out of me for three years and mm-hmm. just tortured me, abused me. And again, exactly what I needed. I needed that. And in that process, I started to find something. And what I found was discipline. The old discipline that I remembered, but this was different. It wasn't about not doing things. It was about doing things. <laughs> it was about getting regimented. It was about pushing yourself far beyond your own boundaries and realizing that if I did that every day in every aspect of my life, I would rise. And I did. And I rose in the ranks um, at in the fire department as far as like social ranks. Like I began to get respect as I built muscle and became more athletic. And as guys started to see the way my family was and the, the way I carried myself. And as I got more confident there was a massive change in the way i showed up on emergency calls all of a sudden my hands weren't shaking anymore and i was leading and i was leading by example and i was making hard decisions and this felt amazing it felt empowering i felt capable and i was like what happened and what happened was i started doing the work on my body, on my mind, on my spirit, in the books, on my skill sets. Mm -hmm. And I started doing it consistently every day and regimented. So while the other guys would maybe not visit a certain skill or idea, I was hitting it constantly. And so one night in particular, we go, we get called on a choking call. And we go in and it's a a man in his 80s he's eating a ham sandwich and I don't know how this dude did it, but he jammed like half a ham down his throat. And, uh, and so I get the McGill forceps, which are like these long forceps. Right. Mm -hmm. And I use the laryngoscope and I'm trying to pull this ham out, but the ham just looks like the inside of your mouth. It's really hard to get it all out and it's breaking apart. And I'm like, this guy's going to die. And I was like, well, um, I watched the surgical crack video yesterday. Like I watched it yesterday and I was like, I'm going to crack him. And everyone's like, you're going to what? And I'm like, he needs to be cracked. Like, go ahead. Look in there. Try to get that out. I'm getting it. So I sent a guy to go get the surgical crack kit. 
no one's ever done it. It's on like my a tracheotomy trip. where you go in right here. Yeah. 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 You, you slice here and then across and then you put the tube down the neck. Okay. Yeah. It's a very invasive and um, risky surgical procedure to do in the field. Yeah. Uh, no one there has had ever done it and I'd never done it, but I was prepared because I was studying. And so I was actually confident. Now, don't get me wrong. Those shakes came back a little bit. And, uh, when I was, <laughs> I had the scalpel a blade, you're going it was, dude, it was like a Saza. And, <laughs> and, and I think I said out loud, I was like, I was like, all right, I'm coming in and I've never done this before. And, <laughs> and like I said out loud and my captain's like, good thing the wife's not here, and, uh, you know? And, and then did the surgical crike and, um, did the procedure and, and then it was like, I was almost like a, uh, like a badge of honor in the department. It was like, dude, Kyle freaking took charge and just handled it. And from then on, like my life changed, man. I, I, I became a different person. My confidence was on another level because I saw what showing up every day did. And so I never stopped and I never stopped in my fitness. I never stopped in my nutrition or my learning um, or building my marriage or trying to be a better father mm -hmm. in all aspects. It turned into just like, if I was awake, I was focused on my, my family, um, my skill sets are making money, um, or my fitness and nutrition, which then later became working on my spiritual connection as well. Mm -hmm. You know, all those pillars. And, uh, yeah. And that's who I became, which began to draw people to me asking me for help in the uh -huh. fire service. Hey man, help me lose this gut. Hey man, um, dude, I'm getting divorced. You and your wife get along so well. How do you do that amidst all this stress? Hey man, I got these kids. They're not listening to me. Like you're, you hang out with your kids all the time. They seem like they do well, you know? And then like, I started just helping people for a decade before I even started anything. Yeah. And superhuman father started because a coach that I had told me, he's like, what are you doing, man? You need to go, Give this to the world. And so two years later, we've got almost 500 guys and built a seven-figure coaching business. Excellent. That's awesome. That, that's, a, that's a great story. It's interesting how those moments, uh, you know, can be so defining when you do something that, you know, you feel like that you're so proud of and that really sets you apart like you you, you were doing that, that procedure on that guy. I think... Uh, hopefully every man can look back at some point in his life and, and say, Hey, this one moment was, was a testament of my character and this showed me who I was. And if you don't have moments like that, then maybe you need to do something that will create moments like that. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the best part. You need to create moments like that every day. And that's where you now manufacture those moments so that you don't get soft and you don't get complacent and you don't get ungrateful. How do you do that? How do you manufacture? early get up early have a regiment where you meditate study right you work your body mm -hmm. take a damn cold shower that'll do it get up when you don't want to do the stuff you don't want to show up and put up forth the effort that you don't want to restrain yourself from all your addictions and all this food that you use to, to scratch your dopamine itch do you know how good a damn apple tastes when you haven't even had any sweet in your mouth in like a week then you eat an apple, you'll you'll hit your knees and cry and thank God for all of it. <laughs> and and people don't utilize that. We're just fat pigs that are stuffed and we're addicted. And we have these phones where we can just look at beautiful women all the time and and, and look at porn and um, we're just pleasured and weak and soft. And unless you take that stuff away from yourself, you're always going to be depressed and miserable and anxious, and you will never feel empowered. And I go all the way to say that God is waiting to empower you. And when you stay in that pit of addiction and easiness and pleasure, you cannot have it. Mm -hmm. You will show up weak and fake. And that's why we wear these masks, because we don't want to show the world our secret selves. This is what we do for our men. Yeah. It's so interesting, too, how quickly things change. Oh, right. Yeah. So, you know, one, one thing, and I guess personally for me is uh, like November of last year, I was like, man, I, I, uh, 
Um, you know, last year I did a couple of triathlons and I really enjoyed that and was training hard and everything. And then I kind of switched. I said, oh, this year I'm going to uh, hit the gym more and do more weights instead of cardio or, or, or long distance stuff. And, um, and so like November, December, January, February, I was hitting it hard and I was feeling great. And then, uh, I hurt my, uh, elbow pretty bad to where I couldn't like really lift anything with that arm. And then it just, it felt like, man, it just was came crashing down. And then you, you that, that, uh, kind of that, that just laziness sets in and, and, and it just seemed like everything was going great, 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 great. And then you almost let off the gas a little bit. And, okay. and then in the morning, you know, instead of, uh, after I get the kids on the bus or whatever else, uh, and have a little bit of time in the morning, instead of sitting down and reading or writing or whatever, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just lay back down in bed for 30 minutes. You know, and then it's so crazy because it's been what just a couple weeks, and uh, I have a, kind of a history of back problems and, and lower back pain, especially that has come back. And I'm not even doing; I'm not even like doing anything to hurt my back, but th that has come back, and 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 just feeling like crap and all sort of kind of stuff. So it's just like, yeah. man, are you are you in that spot right now where you're kind of hard, it's hard to get the moss off the rock and get it rolling? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm. I'm on the tail end of that, right? I'm probably a week and a half, two weeks into that, and I'm just like, man, I got to get back to where I was. Yeah. I got to, I got to push back on the pedal. Ethan, let's do something right now, like right now. I'm gonna, we're gonna go to a different level right now. We're gonna All make, right. a, we're gonna make a commitment, and th this commitment will change your life right now. Okay, and let's do it. I want, I want you to just listen to your conscience, listen to God right now. What is it that you need to stop doing? And what is it you need to start doing? And if you answer this question, like with like truth and integrity, um, one, your podcast will blow up and two, your life's going to change. All right. So what do I need to stop doing? And what do I need to start doing? Um, personally, I consume way too much social media like like hours and hours and hours every mindless. single day mindless okay like we put put the kids down i mean and, and this is like you know during the day obviously i have full-time job and, and get all my work done there but it's always like if i have a second pull up my phone and i'm on tiktok or on facebook or whatever else you know yeah. at night put the kids down and I'm sitting on one side of the couch, my wife's sitting on the other side of the couch, and we're both just scrolling until midnight, and then it's time for bed. Where do you create most? Like, where do you create content? I, well, it's not even creating. It's just consuming. Do you, do you create content? Yeah, I mean, related to the podcast sometimes, but... Often. Um, not, I mean, well, I we know, do a couple times a month. Yeah, I mean, we ever okay, record the episode. We have something. Yeah, ready now. You go on social media every day and you create content every day for the people that you serve as a service to them to change their lives. Give them, feed them, feed your people every day. It's part of your daily dedication to your people, right? So this is also part of just building your own personal brand because you guys are obviously entrepreneur minded and growing something. So. Yeah. Dedicate yourself to something that matters and your people that listen to you matter. Mm -hmm. And that daily dose of giving will one, give you your social media fix times 10 because you're actually creating and giving back to the world. That's number one, right? So number two, stay off of all other social medias that you don't create on. Mm -hmm. TikTok, like get rid of freaking TikTok. I know people will be like, no, you got to go on TikTok. Dude, here's what I say. Go on Instagram, only create on Instagram. If you're not creating or, or specifically going in to bless other people's lives with your comments <clears throat> to build your personal brand and build relationships, yeah, not go on social media unless you are there for a purpose, mm -hmm. right? Because social media is amazing if it's used right but it'll destroy you if, if you let it control you like anything. Yeah. Right. So you're like in, in your, in your social media, you're, you're looking for ways to build people up and commenting on people's stuff to build relationships. Right. This is different yeah. now. You're being productive. Yeah, that's true. Because a lot of times I'll,
like after several hours, I'll look up, my eyes will be all glossy, and I'll be like, man, I just lit my back will hurt, my neck will hurt. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I just wasted three hours. Well, you and everyone else on the planet. So, like, yeah. that's the thing. If I had a group, if I had my group of 500 men here, I would ask them all to raise their hands who has this problem, and everyone would be like, yeah, I get it. Right? <laughs> So, so that, that's going to be life-changing for you in the fact that you're going to serve men every day and you're going to start getting messages from them after a little while where they're like, dude, you changed my life. Like I get those all day, all day. And the hate I get like, Hey, steroid head. I hope you got <laughs> a car crash, but those are all idiots. And I look at their lives and I'm like, I do not want to be anything like this person. Yeah. They always throw rocks from the bottom, dude. But, but but you get to bless people's lives every day. Every day I get up in the morning, I'm like, somebody is going to quit drinking today. Somebody is going to go apologize to their wife. Somebody's going to take the muzzle out of their mouth because of what I say. Now you want some purpose in life? Yeah. Go there. You guys are already doing it here on the podcast. So just take it to the next level. I, I like what you said about uh, being productive will give you like 10 times the amount of accomplishment or, or dopamine, dopamine or whatever, dopamine. whatever you're searching yes. is going to be 10 times more than it would be than just sitting there consuming. And I, I believe that too. Cause it's like the little dopamine pill, but it's wrapped in purpose. <laughs> yeah. So you get like this lasting slow drip of dopamine. I call it the purpose tank. Like once you're living in the purpose tank, you have unlimited energy. I could go for five days just working. I don't need sleep. I, I really could. Mm -hmm. Like I would just keep <laughs> moving. Like I have to go to bed because I know I'll die. But like once you learn how to really tap into that purpose tank, it's over because you, you start feeling things like, man, I'm burnt out or, or man, I'm depressed or I have anxiety. I still have all of it. I just have learned that I'm like, Oh, that chemical doesn't mean anything or do anything for me. I'm mm -hmm. like, just chemicals in my head. I'm going to continue to follow my purpose. Yeah. Well, let, let me ask you this question. So, you know, thanks for sharing your, your story there, Ethan, or your, or your situation. I think a lot of people are in that situation where they're trying to get out of a I was rut. just one of like 10 that we'll go through together So at some point. <laughs> yeah. I think the kind of interesting situation that I'm in is where I've got so many things going on. All the things that I have that I'm doing, uh, I find purpose in them and I enjoy doing them. Uh, you know, I coach two of my kids' soccer teams. Uh, I do jujitsu. I, I like doing that. It's a great hobby. It keeps me fit. I work out every morning. Um, I, you know, take the kids to school. I, I take the kids to the school in the morning. I work, you know, do my work. I do the podcast. Uh, I try to get to the gun range every now and then, do those fun things. I, I try to actively date my wife. I mean, uh, we're going to a play tomorrow night. We, 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 we try to go out you know, on a regular basis and, and try to do fun things. But I find myself like being so busy, um, you know, that it's like, I'm like, man, I wish I had time just to like renovate my backyard, you know, or, or like, I, it's just like, I've got so many things that I, I, I find purpose in. Like, I want to be a good dad. I want to be there on my kid's soccer team. I want to have hobbies that, that, that can increase who I am. So that's why I'm doing the podcast and I help others. You know, I want to do jujitsu because I think it's a great skill set and it's fun. But, and I, I'm sure you have the same problem sometimes. How do you manage all that? At, but then like, not just feel like, so you're on autopilot all the time. You yeah, know what I mean? Okay, here you go. What's the most important thing to you? Number one. My family probably. Okay. So that's first, right? Yeah. Okay. Number two. Uh, probably myself. Cause if I'm not where I want to be, then I'm not gonna be a good example for my kids. And what does that mean then? Like, what does it mean yourself? Yeah, that's so all encompassing. I mean, physically, uh, I want to be okay. healthy. Physically, I, I want to physically healthy. Okay. I want to be, have mental fortitude to be able to teach my kids what they need to do. And that means learning, that means teaching them or, or being in a position where I'm, uh, learning the things that they need to do. We are thinking about taking one of our kids out of Public Notice how this went back to your kids. Yeah. It went back to your kids, right? Yeah. Everything starts to go back to your kids. Yeah. Okay. So what do you need to do to be a good dad? We'll say number one, what do you guys think? Provide, right? provide for your family. Provide. Okay. This is huge, right? The provider part of the father is a massive thing. So a lot of our time goes to that. Yep. I'm guessing you guys have day jobs or businesses. Yep. Um, 
and you're do you have a job and then you're doing this at night yep right yep badass yep. like this is where it all begins this when i built superhuman fathers i was working at the firehouse and then i was working while i was working while i was working out yeah and um i was building programs at night and running calls and then i'd come home and work 20 hour days because i was trying to build this thing by myself yeah and that's what it takes to grow this thing so you can build your kingdom yep. for your family so you can give everything to your wife really in the end yep. you want to give it to our wife we want to show her how much we love her we just want to buy her the house and the cars and just not have her worry anymore the kids ah, they need to learn how to toughen up especially yeah, boys you're like i'm not giving you shit kid hey they need but, to learn how to, what an example of providing your wife looks like <laughs> yeah but and, and we want to make money and increase and build right mm -hmm. so we've got family we've got self-development we've got our providing which also goes back and connects with family again mm-hmm then you talked about your physical fitness, right? So most guys will fall into all these categories. And then there's all this periphery stuff. Mm -hmm. Here's what I did. I don't do anything on my own anymore by myself. It's all family, everything. I go to the gym with my wife and my two kids. I used to go really early. Now I um, get up really early and I get three hours of work done. And then I go to the gym with my wife and my kids at 530 before mm -hmm. school. And, and so I'm, I'm already crushing the day by the time we go to the gym, Jim's done. I'm not saying do what I do. I'm yeah, just yeah. giving an example of, I create my own rules in my life Yeah. because remember we talked about psychotic authenticity. Mm -hmm. I can create how I want to live. I don't have to live by anybody else's rules. So I get myself up at two 45 in the morning, which was represented by my first coach, big Wes Watson. Yep. And yeah. that's what he does. Yep. I was like, I'll try that. Well, that's what I do now. And I'll work for three hours. Then I'll go to the gym, 5.30, be home by 7. What time do you go to bed, by the way? 9.30, 10. Okay, yeah. It's mess, It's messed up for sure. It, it hurts. Some, and then if I'm really broke, I'll get. I'll go to bed at like 8.45 if I can figure it out. And <laughs> like some, you know, I mean, it's not that crazy. It's just regimented. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's regimented. Um, and, and then I just block my days off to like where it's like family time in the morning and then um then work time and then it's and then it's and that's family gym time and then there's family whatever activity time at night and it's whatever they want to do so guess what i did kick jujitsu bro i don't do that shit anymore like i don't i don't have time for it i have five kids yeah. i have a business to run yeah. and if they wanted to do it which they used to they used to want to do it we'd go in the mornings together at 6 a.m before school that was rad yeah. But what I found was I also would do jujitsu, go to jujitsu with them and I wouldn't be with them. I'd be with rolling with some dude and I wouldn't really hang out with my wife or my kids. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, this is deleted from my life. I yeah. love it. It sucks that I don't do it, but my fitness now does not take precedence over my business or my family. Now I do it with my family. And now I focus on my nutrition during the day, which doesn't take anything away from anyone. Yeah. So now I never miss the gym ever. And when I go, I get to do it with my sons and we go to war together. And then guess what? I checked the box with connecting with my sons and my wife that day. So if things got really crazy busy. I'm still good. Now, obviously you got to give a little more than that, but yeah. sometimes life gets crazy and you can't pour into your wife and your kids like you'd like to. Mm -hmm. So you have to regiment it so that you can. Now mm -hmm. I got three other little ones that I have to pay attention to after work or during that time before school. Yeah. Potent family time. So I've cut everything out of my life unless I'm doing it with my kids. I love to ride my skateboard. I do not skate by myself. I will skate with my sons. They like mm -hmm. to ride skateboards. I will try to get them to do it. I'll be like, hey, let's, I have a mini ramp in the backyard. Let's go skate for 30 minutes. And I can usually wrangle up one or four of them to go skate and, and check. I'm hanging with my kids. Yeah. I will never go out there and be like, I got to get my, I got to get my skateboarding time. Dude, my time is over, over. I'm dead. I'm already dead. I'm just here to serve. And if I get to enjoy the ride, so be it. Hmm. So. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think that that's a, that's a good approach. You know, if, if there's anything that, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to think about, think about that. I'm not sure. Mull that over. If I agree I also with got that. I at home. Yeah. And uh, we would roll together as a family. 
um, as much as I would push push it. Like, hey, let's go roll jujitsu. So it's not like hard jujitsu rolling with yeah. another man competitively. And I'm not saying that you should do that or quit it or whatever. But yeah. I am telling you that the most important things in your life do not involve jujitsu. Yeah. At this point in your life, it, it's not on your top, the top of your list. And if something's got to go, you have to start taking things away. It's like running businesses. Yep. You know, every entrepreneur is like, I want to, I want to build a supplement company and a t-shirt company. I want multiple streams <laughs> of income and all this stuff. And they have really, they have one good one they need to focus on and yeah. build so that it's making them seven freaking figures, then start branching out. Yeah. I was really off in a lot of directions for a while. I shut everything down. Very connected to like my supplement brand. I'm still like emotionally connected. I just killed it because it was too much for me to handle right now. Mm-hmm. And so you need to, the more you can focus and simplify on the things that actually matter is when your life really starts to multiply. Mm-hmm. Have you have you found that as your kids have gotten older, it is easier to kind of incorporate them into, I guess maybe you have more fun in incorporating their things, doing with them, right? I mean, like, yeah, I would maybe, our, Jared and I's kids are, are, are all under eight years old. And so they're still, you know, we're still just kind of growing these families. And so going to the gym with an eight-year-old or, <laughs> You know, six-year-old is not going to be the same as, you know, a teenager. But, you know, when they say, hey, build Legos with me or, you know, play these little cars with me. Yeah, I I don't know. Does it it get easier, I guess, is the question. (laughs) I mean, you you talk with a lot of guys. It does not get easier, although it's different. And there is something about having little kids. Little kids with your wife going crazy and these little whiners all over the place and they're kind of fighting and you can't really communicate with them. And so there is this time in your life as a dad where you feel like your world is crashing around, you're losing yourself and you're just like, my wife is not into me. Our relationship is kind of suffering. She's stressed all the time. Kids are screaming. There's always kids in our bed. Your sex life is all weird. And, um, that does get easier. And what I would tell you is in these moments when your kids are young, it's so important for you to show up for her in a very, very powerful and patient and compassionate way um, and really lead your family and be there. And I'm not saying don't do jujitsu is great. And I would say do it, but if you could do it at 6 a.m. Yeah. and then go to the gym and then go to work. Mm-hmm. I would take your afternoons and stop going to jujitsu. Be there with your wife and your family. My my brother, my brother, he he joined me in this pursuit two years ago. He was dad bod, fat, depressed. He wasn't doing anything. He started getting up at four thirty in the morning, going to the Pacific Ocean. He would cold dip in the Pacific Ocean and do a hundred burpees. Then he would drive directly to, to the gym, <laughs> and he he would work out for an hour and then go straight to jujitsu. So by eight a.m., he's a he, crushed yeah. the morning this guy's become one of the dis- most disciplined men i know he runs my entire coaching team and um and that is the savage attack that you can have as a father that will give you that like warrior spirit to go into your work day and then you can just enjoy your family because you already did it you know what i'm saying yeah yeah do your personal development and your workouts in the morning while they're asleep Especially when your kids are young, you can't bring them. So yeah. don't steal time from them. Yeah. You know? Yep. And do your family time. And then guess what? Your business, build your business after they go to sleep. So this is why a man that has kids and a business and a job and has a great physique, like you're not going to sleep much. Yeah. They're like, well, but you have to sleep to build muscle. I'm like, bro, you know, <laughs> like, I'm pro- maybe I'd have another 10 pounds of muscle on me if I slept. I don't care. Like I'm, I'm like two ten, six two. Um, part of that is cause I, I started testosterone a year ago and you'll put 10 pounds, eight to 10 pounds of, of, um, not like water weight, maybe muscle. I don't know when you get on testosterone. So I was like 195, solid 195 at six, two ripped. Like you can yeah. do that. And I didn't sleep much. I was a fireman, dude. I'd go four days with no sleep. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. You know, I, I think that there's that 
what, what do you, what would you say to someone who just gets like burnt out on that? I mean, you, do you ever feel like you're getting burnt don't, out or what? Don't, yeah. Don't be a pussy. Yeah. You're, a, you're a dad. <laughs> you lead this goddamn family. You're, you're a representation of your last name. So when uh-huh. you get burnt out and just burnt out, then just roll over and die. Then like, <laughs> I'm going to go crush life and just continue on the attack and have the most epic experience while you're going I'm burnt out. Okay, go ahead. Go take a nap. Sit on the couch. And I'm not saying don't take a nap. Like, yeah. Damn. Like if you're here, here, if you're burnt out and you're tired, like take a 20 minute nap. That's okay. Now mm-hmm. get up and go back on the attack. <laughs> but like guys will take weeks and months off, and it's like, what are you doing? You're dying. Yeah. Stop it. And this is what I, where I want Ethan to go to is to start saving these things. These things. I will never, and I will always. When you commit to life, things change. When you say, I will never sleep in again, ever. Whoa, something shakes inside you. I will never eat a donut again. Wait, what? Never? No, never, till I die. And you announce it to the world, and the world shakes. They go, how could you say that? Don't you want to enjoy life? And I'm like, you don't have any clue what enjoying life means until you've taken all these steps of faith in the dark and gone to the other side where there lies power and capacity. Men don't want to be happy. They don't want to be pleasured. They want to be powerful and they want to be capable. That's straight from the mouth of Garrett White from Wake Up Warrior. I stole it from him because it was so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I was actually, I was just watching a thing the other day on that and it was like, you know, a lot of times... uh, People try to treat men's depression the same as they treat women's depression, and they just want to, you know, talk about their feelings and yeah. and say, "Oh, we love you, we love you," you know. And it's just yes. like to to in order to get men over depression, they need to feel capable, they need to feel powerful, yes. they need to, yeah, be, yes. to feel like they can control what they're doing and what's going on. Yeah, like picture yourself, uh, us three, like on the front lines of battle with our swords drawn, covered in blood, in the mud conquering the mountain screaming like with our heads together like that's the shit that lights us on fire right we we're not like just trying to like get hugs and rainbows like we don't (laughs) care about that we want to go to war we want to have adventure we want to take risks and we We want to we want to win war (laughs) we want to win war yes and so when you have that outlook and a tribe of men that attack life like that that's when things change and that's what that's like that's what i created because i wanted that and and you never feel alone ever and you always feel like there's a reason to move because someone's waiting for you like the team needs you mm-hmm. you know and we lose that when we're not playing team sports when when we're just going to work every day and then coming home and work every day and coming home and, and it's just like yeah no, nah, man, I want to wake up like scared, a little bit scared every day. Let, let me ask you this question. You know, I, I, you're a community, you work in the community as a fireman and you help a, a lot of men. Uh, what I feel like sometimes in our, in our modern time, a lot of guys, they want to, they feel like they want to do something to improve the state of the country or just, you know, things are honestly, I feel like things are, are not in a good place uh, across the board. Uh, and I feel like it's my duty to, uh, you know, to my forefathers as well as to myself and my name, like you just said, is to try to rescue this, uh, this country from uh, what seems to be certain demise. Uh, how does one do that? Uh, I think that's oftentimes a question. It's like, well, I don't know what to do. You know, I, obviously you can do good to those around us here on the podcast. We're trying to do good by helping others build their creed because that's how you you know, I feel like that's how I feel like you get things done is build one man's creed at a time. And as, as we all rise, the tide will rise. Um, but what are your suggestions? Love to hear your thoughts there. Get in alignment. And you know what that starts with doing the damn dishes instead of walking past them, getting up early, building your body, turning yourself into an unstoppable machine that other men look at and admire and want to be like make money. So like you have to become someone that people admire and want to be like. If you don't, they won't listen to you. So all the things that you're not doing that you need to do or the things you're doing that you don't, that you need to stop doing that are holding you back from becoming that man, that needs to change. And you need to do this for a long period of time consistently so that when you start showing up, you start showing up different. People are like, 
what do you, what is that? What do you have? I want what you have. What is that? And you're like, I'll teach you. But until you show up and as that man, very few people will listen to you. You know, that's why people try to grow. People try to start men's groups. Like, I want to start a men's group. And you're like, you're 30 pounds overweight. You don't make any money. And uh, you're addicted to porn. You don't have your nutrition dialed. And and you, you're an asshole at home. Why would anybody you want to follow that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've got some work to do. And, and that's what's cool is once you tap into that idea of like, if I change, then I'll change millions through my example. Now you're not going to miss the gym anymore because it's not just you. It's everyone. Mm -hmm. It's your kids. It's like, like when you, when we start tying spirit, very like powerful spiritual things to the things we do, like we have negotiations. Let's say the alarm goes off. It's always a good example. Negotiate. I don't know. I'm tired today. I got a long day. I can't do this. It's just too hard. Well, see, I think I'm going to lose power if I hit the snooze. Meaning like I literally have power. God is handing me power today of integrity and character. Integrity and character will pull power like people wouldn't believe. And putting on the altar your desire to be not tired. I'm like, I don't care if I'm tired. I said I would do this, so we will sacrifice and do this. You're winning. And then I walk to the cold shower. And I'm like, I do not want to do this right now. This is going to give me PTSD. Like I am skittish. It's morning. I'm scared. I'm nervous. And you know like you just do it and you just do what you said you do and you stick with your regiment you start to show up in power and and you show up different meaning like opportunities will present themselves to you and you'll be ready to take them but if you slept in and you haven't been going to the gym and you haven't been eating right you're gonna miss the opportunity because someone's not even gonna see you you're gonna be like invisible vanilla the average man inspires no one nobody cares like, hey, listen to me. I got advice. They're like, cool. You look just like me. Not interested. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very true. Yeah. So so that that's what happened to my brother. My brother was just a teacher. He's a normal dude. And he realized when he gets massively disciplined, people start to listen to him. The currency of respect is discipline. Men respect disciplined men. And so when we show up at a level that is, like, that's why I show up at a level that's just psychotic. Where it's like, that's not healthy. And I'm like, I scare you, don't I? And they're like, <laughs> yes. And I'm like, perfect. But I got your attention, didn't I? Yes. And now look at my results. You want my results? They're like, I like those results. I'm like, come with me. Yeah. Come, come, come play a little bit. I'll show you. Right? So tell us about your men's group. Tell us about the the, the Superhuman Fathers Club. Uh, it's all virtual, man. Except recently we did our first event. It was insane. Uh, mind blowing. Um, I learned that I'm really good at running events, which That's is a cool. huge confidence booster to me. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect, you know, and I spent 25 grand on this house and had to get the people there. And uh, I was scared. I was nervous and we crushed it and it was amazing. How many um, guys, guys did you have show up? You had 17 guys. No, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Where was it? It was in Mission Beach in San Diego. Okay, cool. So we had a beautiful gym across the way. We had surfboards in the beach right here. There's a roller coaster right there on Mission Beach and a bunch of restaurants and a sushi restaurant overlooking the ocean. And uh, it was amazing. We made massive breakthroughs. At one point, I had all 17 guys in, in ugly tears. Like, men need to try, dude. They need to, they need to tap into that stuff and get it out. And when you're around a group of guys that are super badass but really vulnerable, like also another reason why you got to build yourself because if you have if you have men's respect and then you show vulnerability, you give them permission. But if they see you as weak and you show vulnerability, they're not going to bite. Hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. Excellent. Well, yeah, we, we, had, we had someone on the podcast one time and, and they said, uh, your, your vibe attracts your tribe. And, uh, I mean, that was just, it's really cool. I think camaraderie is just massive and, and, and getting together with a group of guys. And, and if you can build trust within that group to be vulnerable, I think that's huge. Yeah. And we have it virtually. Like we do seven zoom calls a week, call them round tables. We have our marriage mastery call on Saturdays, assholes anonymous on Mondays, 
We do a Transformation Tuesday. We read a book every Wednesday. Thursday has two. We have the Order of the Warrior Monk, which is my personal group. That is invite only. Then we have the Vikings. If you're 240 plus, you start as a Viking because you got a lot of fat to lose. And then we have on Fridays, our first responder group. So police, military, and fire. And then we have uh, our business hot seat. We have a lot of high-level entrepreneurs in our group that share with us all that they've learned just freely, which is amazing. So, because I, I want my men to elevate in all aspects, all aspects, fatherhood, marriage, make more money, show up different physically, nutrition, and have the most incredible connected marriage that they possibly could ever imagine. You know, so that's what we work on. Yeah. I think that what you what you're talking about in like this authenticity, I think it's so important. Uh, recently, um, you know, I follow some I, I, I follow uh, other other guy podcasters in the space uh, just to see how things are going. And and just uh, this week, there was a, a huge thing with uh, one of the other uh, guy podcasters, one of the one of the big ones that you know he came out talked about how his marriage is dissolving. He's been an alcoholic, all this kind of stuff, and I'm just like. You know, but going back to what you just said just a minute ago is like if you don't have respect for someone, uh, then it's hard to be uh, taking that advice, or it's hard to to follow a leader who isn't leading from the front. And so, I, I mean, part of me is like, yeah, no one's perfect, but you know, at the same time, I'm like, you know, if someone is is, is trying to say, um, you know, this is how to wo- do, this is how to live, follow me, and yet their entire, you know, they're they're going right into the ditch. I'm like, hey, you know, does that is that really what I want to do? You know what I mean? Give marriage advice whenever your marriage is falling apart. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, this is why you have to stay completely. As, if you're going to lead men, you have to stay away from the bitch line as much as possible because it will still try to get you. And uh, mm-hmm. like, like I, I get my men to overcome addictions on the regular basis and they win. Why? Because I lead the charge. I eat meat, fruit on occasion, and black coffee. That's it. Because it sucks. And I'm always wanting sweet something, always. I'm always craving dopamine because I don't have that itch. Although I did discover that in my plan, technically popcorn works. And uh, I did no butter with salt last night. I put it in a brown bag and just did straight popcorn. And I've been (laughs) depriving myself so much that I was eating this flavorless popcorn, which is salt. And I was like, this is the most delicious thing I've ever had in my life. I I think this is on the plan. So, and with that, like, I create my nutrition plan based upon like how I feel God is speaking to me. Mm-hmm. Like I believe nutrition is, is one of the fastest and easiest ways to build confidence and to pull spiritual power because you're putting this carnal desire on the altar right now saying, I trust you. So if you have this inclination, why are you eating that thing, man? That's not going to be any good for you. And you hear that and you feel that. Put that freaking cupcake back. Yeah. Watch yeah. what happens. But if you're just like, nah, you know what? I'm going to wait till Monday. Nah, nah, nah. You just gluttonize your style. Dude, you're just severing your connection with God. Like severing it. You cannot be guided. Because mm-hmm. you're just denying him. You're being like, nah, thanks for the advice. I'll just do this on my own. And I'm just going to smash all these cupcakes. You know? Yeah. So, And then, and then you oh. feel like absolute trash afterwards. <laughs> Dude, and then you know, afterwards, you always know. You're like, why did I do that? It's not worth it. I'm puking in my sleep. Man, I, yeah. how do I know this, dude? Because I'm a binge eater, man, my whole life. You know, I'd stay lean, but I would just like have these moments where I'd be like, well, I mean, see some Oreos. And I'm like, I'll have one. And then it's like. The whole sleeve. <laughs> I'm like cinnamon toast crunch. Then I'm like bagels. I'm like, mm, well, I mean, I've already went this far. Might as well eat some donuts. And then I'm like, shit, there's those Reese's peanut butter cups. And I'm like, you can only absorb so much fat probably, right? <laughs> and, then, and then the next thing I know, I wake up at 2 a.m. in my bed and I just puked in my bed. And I'm just like, oh, what am I doing? Like, I'm sure wow. your wife probably doesn't appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. No, and she would watch me do it and just be like, you know, you're going to get sick. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like. I just—it's a big leg workout tomorrow. You know, I want to have carbs on. Carb load, carb load. <laughs> I'm carb loading. I'm in a bulk. I'm in a bulk. Yeah. It's, just, it's such. It's such a lie. And and like I had a guy that had been struggling for about a year and a half, and I understand my men because I too struggled for so long until until I said never again. Until I said never again, I was always a little guilty. 
and I was always felt a little bit like a hypocrite. And and uh, we were in the event, and I had all the men there, and I was like, okay, we're done jerking each other off now. It's day three. What are we going to go home with? What is, what is God speaking to you right now that you need to change? And uh, one of the guys pipes up and goes, his hands are shaking. He's like, hands in his face. He goes, I got to drop the booze. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. I go, bro, you're a master brewer. This is your identity. I go, don't say that here unless you mean it. Don't say that to the council here unless you mean it, because I'll kill you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I, I was I was joking. I was saying it was a blood oath. Um, but um, but he 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 was driven to that point because he was listening, and he finally had the balls to just let it go, and he was so empowered. And then of course we have this moment where it's like, hey, things are gonna get really hard tomorrow, bro. Like really hard. So. We need, we need to stay in touch, stay on the texting. And he was, he said at the airport, he was standing in front of the brewery, just staring at it. He's just like, cause he'd always go mm-hmm. into the brewery at the airport for his whole life. Hmm. And the first time he didn't. And now if he can, if he can ride this out and genuinely believe never, never again, he'll find new angles in his life that he didn't even see possible. And, and that'll lead him down a whole new road of finding himself and killing yeah. his old self, you know, yeah. being reborn. And then the same guy next to him goes, all right, I'm done with the cookies and the sweets and the candy. I'm done. And that was the guy who'd been struggling with the binging for a year and a half. So we had two guys declare um, to get rid of their addictions. And he just hit me up. He goes, I've never felt so powerful in my life. I've lived my whole life guilty. My entire life since I was a kid, I had this guilt because I would constantly eat shit I know I didn't want to. And for the first time in my life, I feel clear and powerful. Excellent. That's great. I I mean, heck, we could probably talk for hours, but uh, I want to be respectful of your time here. But we have one last question. You guys got to go to bed. You guys got to get up at like 4.30 and go to the gym. Yeah, exactly. 2.45. 2.45. 2.45 is our new wake-up time, boys. (laughs) And if you don't, it's a blood oath, so I'll have to kill you. (laughs) 2.45 is like 45 minutes after my wife and I have gone to bed. (laughs) This guy's a night owl. I'm more of a morning person, but... I I get it. You just have to adjust it to just your, your lifestyle and just like... What do I want to do? What do I want to get done? What do I have to get done? And yeah. everything's a trade-off, right? Yeah. So you just structure it so that it works. Yeah, the the best you can, you know. Oh yeah. Well, let, let's ask you one last question here. So I know you shared a lot of great stuff, but we always ask our guests about their personal creed to share a piece of that. Uh, and what is a creed? It's a set of beliefs or principles that help uh, guide someone's actions. So it could be a a quote or a mantra or a scripture or. Or, or what have you? We just like to hear a, a piece uh, of your own personal creed. Yeah, uh, one of my coaches was uh, Wes Watson. We were on a Zoom call, and he's like, "Kyle, man, he was trying to tell me to be a coach." And I was like, "I'm I'm a fireman, dude." He's like, "You do the most. You do the most." He kept telling me that. I was like, "What do you mean I do the most?" He's like, "Bro, I I work with a lot of people. You do the most." And I was like. Man, Big West told me I did the most, you know. I was like brushing my teeth at night, looking in the mirror, like, I do the most. I do the most. <laughs> I kept thinking I do the most. And then I just I heard it so obvious and powerful and clear. We need the least. We need the least. We do the most. We need the least. You take that to your life. You take that to your marriage. You take that as a father. You take that to your teams. You take that to your dreams, everything you do, you'll never complain again. You'll never make excuses. You never won't take advantage of an opportunity. We do the most. We need the least. Yeah. Powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Sacrifice. That's it, man. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And, and recently, uh, funny enough, um, Start started building a relationship with Jesus <laughs> like two weeks ago. I, I called it the universe for like 10 years. <laughs> but but these principles are too aligned. I can't deny it anymore. Yeah. It's too aligned. He he said it perfect. He did it perfect. It was just it was 
his life was too beautiful. His teachings are everything that I teach my men just way better. I feel like the 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 closer you get to the best you, the more you get to the closer you get to perfection, the the more you want to be close to the closest. Yes. The yeah. the closer you want to be to the perfect. Yes. To Christ. Because then you realize like I can never get there, but but I can always have this magnetizing force to where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kyle, I know that our guys can can find you on on Instagram at uh, uh, Superhuman Fathers. Uh, you and your wife are both on Instagram. Uh, also, your website. Uh, what's your? You want to drop us your website and anywhere else they can find you? Yes, yeah, SuperhumanFathers.com, and uh, and then I will uh, I'll give you my phone number. That's weird, right? Who does that? <laughs> what Not many. Not many. AI bot that answers or something. <laughs> you can text me, call me. I don't care. 760-277-7219. Um, shoot me a text. It'll be me. And um, I don't need anything from you. I'm here to serve you. Hey, I appreciate that. We've never had anybody give a phone number on here before. Hey, that's confidence. I like it. Yeah, love that. Love that boldness. That's great. Aren't you afraid weirdos are going to call you, dude? I'm the weirdest. <laughs> I, I dare weirdos, weirdos to call me. <laughs> oh man, this has been great. Well, thank you so much, Kyle. Really appreciate you coming on. I think this has been an excellent episode for myself uh, and also for our listeners. And so, uh, for all of our listeners out there, I think this has been a great episode to build your creed. So let's go ahead and build our creeds together. Thank you so much. All right. Yeah, thank you, Kyle, for joining us. Thank you, guys.